Hello and welcome to episode three of RocketPod. So for today's episode, we are joined by Sharon Davies, who is the CEO of Young Enterprise. And what Young Enterprise is, it's a national charity that gives young people the life skills, the knowledge and the confidence they need to succeed in the changing kind of world of work. And I personally took part in this scheme when I was in secondary school. So I'd be interested to find out a bit more about the motivation behind Young Enterprise and really delve into the conversation with Sharon. So it's time to get this going. Good morning, Sharon. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well indeed, Harry. How are you? Yes, I'm all good. Um, so Sharon, thank you again for joining us this morning. Um, could we just start off by trying something a little bit different? So what I want to do is ask you if you could share a few maybe tips um, that you've learned throughout your journey so far that maybe we can share with our audience so then they can start thinking about them throughout your episode. Yeah, okay. That's an interesting question. I think uh, I think for me, um, I look for the opportunity in every situation. Uh, I think that listening is key to understanding most problems. Uh, I think that relationships are key to uh, solving most problems. Uh, I think kindness is a really underrated quality uh, in anybody. Uh, and I think that in most cases, a bag of Doritos can help any situation. <laughs> so going back to growing up, what were you like as a child? Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, um, so um, very rural upbringing. I was brought up uh, on uh, in, in, in Cheshire, very rural upbringing. We were, my mum and dad were tenants on the Duke Westminster's estate. My dad was, uh, my mum didn't work, she looked after the kids. My dad was a tree fella. Great memories of being very young uh kind of disappearing for the day with my brother fishing so very 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 adventurous um did really well at primary school really small primary school probably kind of under 50 in the primary school um really nurtured but then went to secondary school uh, which was in the nearest town um and really struggled really struggled to make that transition um bullied quite a lot for not kind of having um i guess the same kind of uh clothes or the enclosed those kind of things uh, ended up being a bit of a joker to fit in um worked from a really early age uh so liked having money in my pocket so uh, uh worked from about 13 onwards in a turkey farm uh which was interesting uh so yeah so so yeah a bit of a mixed bag in terms of uh that sense of childhood left left home quite early left home 16 17 um but yeah very very early childhood great memories of um a, quite an adventurous kind of uh uh rural uh upbringing and i guess secondary school didn't go so well interesting so the turkey farm tell us a little more about that well what's this to tell it was a it was a turkey farm and uh the end of the year was uh usually the end of the turkeys which was uh um it was it was hard work it was really really hard work uh but uh you learn what one of the things that that um, I did learn is was was the importance of teamwork really because there was obviously a process to how you work in a turkey farm particularly at Christmas it's very very busy um, and you've got lots of people that you don't necessarily know they're brought I mean I worked there on a, on a Saturday every day so right, feeding the turkeys and all of the, mucking them out all of those things um, but then at Christmas they would kind of bring a lot of people in to like do the plucking of the turkeys essentially and you wouldn't know them um and so you i mean like 13 14 with all these kind of you know adults around that you don't really know when they're kind of brought in to do and these would be professional pluckers so they would be like you know they get paid per bird so you know they would like be you know pretty focused and 
um, and you're seen as this 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 kid but the kid actually knows quite a lot about the farm because the kid spent the year on the farm and knows quite a lot around about it so I understood uh, I start I, you know I learned quite an early age the importance of kind of you know communication and teamwork and all of those things and uh, yeah it taught me a lot it taught me and that work ethic I think has always stayed with me the importance of, of whatever it is you do in life of, of doing your best and uh, and of, of really trying your best is has stayed with me throughout and I've had many jobs um, as stayed with me throughout really. Fantastic. So um, you mentioned that secondary school didn't go too well. Do you think it was the, the experience at the turkey farm um, or your experience at secondary school that um, made the biggest impact um, on your trajectory or was it uh, a combination of both? I mean, the trajectory um, you know, hasn't, hasn't been a kind of smooth one. So I kind of left school uh, and had a number of jobs. I didn't have a plan at all. And so I think my big experiences, my big kind of um, the impact, my, my father, I mean, somebody's passed away now, but my father was a fantastic role model. He was great. His work ethic, he was a tree fellow. He's kind of a one-man one band, like a sole trader, if you like, a tree fellow. I mean, his work ethic was just phenomenal. Uh, it just it was fantastic. So he was a massive impact. Going to work at an early age had a big impact. Um, and school was just something that I basically got through, really. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure there are lots of people out there um, for whom school, I know, school works really, really well. But uh, it wasn't that I wasn't bright. Um, it was just I just couldn't connect with the learning and also the experience of being in school uh, felt like a bit like a gauntlet sometimes. There are other times where it was great because I was a joker and I managed to get through different, you know, in different year groups, um, different years with different experiences, particularly towards the back end of the of, um, of secondary school and you know in in like year 11 at a time you should be really focused on your doing your exams and stuff I was more focused on like kind of making people laugh and and uh, uh, yeah so it was I would say secondary school for me wasn't wasn't a big a big defining factor in, in where I ended up uh, and I and I didn't really think about what I was going to do beyond year, year 11 I just left school and I ended up working with my dad for like you know the summer so I was kind of out there like helping my dad doing these this tree felling in the summer and then had a series of different jobs uh over about two or three I left home uh went to live in Chester then went to live in Manchester had a series of jobs came back home for a summer and did some potato picking in a farm uh, and then left again and went to live in Birkenhead so I had quite a, a transient kind of you know from from 16 to like kind of 19 was quite transient for me uh, but I learned a lot again I always worked always found work and, and and learned a lot about about people and that learning about people has really stood me in really good stead for me relationships and listening are really really you can solve most things if you can listen and you can build relationships I think they're the key and those jobs really helped me understand that and the turning point in my life was when I worked in, in, a, uh, in a supermarket and I met a youth worker and the youth worker had uh, been informed by somebody on a concession, which is a separate store to the, youth, youth, to, the, um, to the supermarket, about how well I worked with young men that would come into the supermarket who were pretty um, intent on causing a bit of chaos. And I would basically, if I was on duty, I would try and kind of engage them before they kind of entered into the supermarket and caused, caused a lot of chaos. 
So it got in the end that when I was on duty, they would come in and we'd have a crack. We'd talk about their bikes or about Liverpool or how Liverpool had done or all of those things. And basically, this lady introduced this youth worker who was her boss on a part-time basis. She also did some youth part-time youth work and said, look, this, this, this person here, I think, would do really well. Her skills would be really, really good in, different, in, in youth work. So he basically invited me to do some voluntary work in a youth club and, uh, and I did it. I did it for one night and I hated it. And then he came back. This guy came back and I remember him to this day talking to me while I was on a till in a, in a quick save. It was called the supermarket uh, saying to me, I know you didn't like it. It didn't work for you. But I've got one more um, idea that might work for you. And it, it, it's basically detached youth work. So it's by basically you're on the streets working with young people who choose not to or there aren't clubs there for them to go to. And you're working with them um, uh, kind of helping them delivering kind of like education on their terms, providing opportunities for them, whether it be outdoor education or five or five football on a Friday night, all those things. So I tried that and I loved it. I absolutely fell in love with it as a, and I felt hugely privileged about what I learned. And so from there on, I um, did voluntary work there for about six months alongside the um, supermarket. I then did some part-time youth work, which I got paid for. And eventually I went to university, John Moore's University, got my youth work qualification, and then went on to do um, youth work on a full-time basis in Merseyside and then latterly in Cumbria. Uh, and there, from there, I um, was fortunate enough to be given the opportunity to have half funding to do an MBA. And when I did my MBA, it was at that point I thought, actually, I would love to be able to um, get underneath the bonnet of running a charity, because uh, at that point I was working in a local authority. And um, I did that, which was whilst I was full time in, um, in, in, in work. I did that at the University of Leicester and then the opportunity to be the operations director in the Northwest for Young Enterprise came up and that's how I ended up in, in Young Enterprise. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's really, really inspiring. So actually, there's a couple of things that I observed. So, you know, you're, you, you learned a lot of your work ethic from your father, um, you know, really good hard work. Um, and then, you know, he gave you the, the confidence to, well, you you didn't mind rolling your sleeves up and trying lots of different things from potato picking to turkey plucking to you know working in the supermarket to you know whatever it took to you know to make ends meet um and then the fact that you left secondary school not knowing what you want to do I mean that's that's kind of most people really so I think um it's good for our listeners to you know for our younger listeners to realize that you know not knowing what you want to do is okay um but you know like the, some of the qualities that you mentioned you know being able to listen you know, being kind, you know, having a really good work ethic. These are all things that, these are really good habits to develop um, and, you know, other doors open. So you went from the local authority to the Northwest to now the CEO. Um, how did you adapt? What challenges came with this kind of transition process? And could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, it is quite different working for a local authority than working for a charity. First of all, the local authority, you, you know, your kind of role is pretty... Um, uh, well marked out the boundaries when you work in a, in a local authority you know are pretty well marked out um, and you if your job is as a senior youth worker your job is a senior youth worker whereas if you work in a charity you could be like the IT uh, technician one minute or kind of sorting out events or fundraising so the so it's a much more of a kind of um, you know you're working in a charity your 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 role is a lot more fluid because if you believe that in that cause that you've chosen to work for you'll do anything to make that happen so for me 
for me, I, I, it, for me, it, it, this is a, it's a vocation. I will always feel indebted to that, that youth worker that came back not once, but twice to say, do you know what? I think you've got something in you that I couldn't see that I couldn't see at that time. And certainly no one else had invested in me to the point of saying, do you know what? I think there's something in you. And for me, I will, for me, it's, it's always about if you can connect opportunities to that's where you will connect potential. Cause you know, this, this generation that we have now, this current generation are massively talented, massively talented, but the opportunities aren't always there for young people across, across, you know, across the UK. So for me, that what we do is about connecting talent with opportunities. I'd like to take this moment to introduce to you our sponsor, Flexi, the must-have app to track and manage your subscriptions in one place. So most of us have multiple subscriptions nowadays for things like streaming services, gym memberships and food deliveries. These are great and take the hassle out of buying everyday products that we consume regularly, but it can be hard to keep track of them. That's where Flexi comes in handy, using super secure technology to connect your accounts to see all your subscriptions in a single dashboard, putting you in control of your spending. And what's more, Flexi's subscription marketplace allows you to discover new products you may love, or easy to pause, resume, or cancel in a swipe or two. So give Flexi a try, it's free to download from the App Store, or check out their website at www.flexiapp.uk. That's F-L-E-X-Y app.uk. Back to the podcast. So you've spoken about opportunities. Now, Young Enterprise is a huge opportunity, which is actually something that I took part in when I was at school at 15. So would you be able to share with our audience a little bit more about Young Enterprise and a bit about what you do for these young students? Yeah, so um, so Young Enterprise will be 60 years old uh, in 2023. So it's an organisation that was initially set up to provide financial education, uh, enterprise education, as well as work readiness skills. So what we do is we have, a, um, I guess, a theme of learning by doing. We provide activities for young people to engage in whether that's been setting up and running their own uh, young enterprise company which of course Harry you were uh, involved in and it's, it's really getting the opportunity to get an experience of the world of work not work experience but the experience of the world of work whether that's um, the skills that you need and importantly the mindset the mindset that you need so I talked before about having a work ethic and and seeing the opportunities and challenges one of the things we really want to cultivate really with young enterprise and the young people that take part in the programs is having that enterprising mindset. So if you think about COVID-19, you know, we had young people who were taking part in the programs throughout lockdown and they still found ways of putting their presentations together to engage in the competition, to talk to judges. And that for me gives me huge amount of optimism for the future. Because what basically, it's not just about skills, it's about how you apply those skills. So how you adapt to a changing situation, how you take on board feedback, how you look for opportunities to get people to help you develop your product. It, it's about a mindset. Yeah, and actually your, your comment about recognising the opportunities um, and also recognising qualities in other human beings that they might not see themselves. Um, it's a really, I guess you're, you're in effect, you're helping um, your, you know, the, the young people you know, identify opportunities, um, but also you're, you know, you're giving them an opportunity to demonstrate where their skill sets might be. 
um, and it's a it's a really interesting it's a very valuable um, it's a very very valuable lesson for these these folks. Very rewarding too. It must be very rewarding for you. It is. It is. And if you think about the current education system, teachers are doing a phenomenal job right now. You know, we are hugely grateful for the partnership. The system is very much focused on the individual and the system is very much a knowledge based system. So we need opportunities for collaborative learning. We need project based learning because that will bring out qualities that you've just described there, James, in young people that they won't have opportunities to demonstrate you know, in, in other ways. And like, you know, just like me, just like thousands of others, there will be young people that think, Do you know what, you know, learning doesn't really work for me. But actually, it's not. It's not learning, it's just the way of applying some of that learning and also the support that's around them. I mean, I would say is one of the things we want to is the lack of personal networks as a barrier to young people actually getting on. So you might be in a family where you don't talk about um, pay slips, you don't talk about around, you know, have opportunities to talk about skills or what, what, what a great CV looks like. So where are those young people going to get that support from? So what we try to do is, is address that lack of personal networks by having mentors, having volunteers from the world of work who will help young people to widen that network. So we're almost a, a little bit like that kind of that network that we can help them get on so that they can sit in front of you as an employer, talk about young enterprise as their experience and not feel that they're kind of held back by their personal circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I think it's brilliant. I mean, you're giving these individuals kind of insights into the world of work. You're giving them an idea of the different elements that make up a business. I mean, you've got a huge kind of support network with Young Enterprise, the alumni network. And actually, that, that was a huge lesson that I learned um, from Young Enterprise. And, and actually, my business journey is the importance of building and having that support network around you, being able to kind of reach out to people for support and guidance and help when you need it. So you mentioned earlier about COVID and how you are having to adapt um, so I'd be interested to actually understand kind of how you and your team have adapted to this time. Obviously, there's jobs at risk, people being put on furlough, um, people that we're now coming out the other side. Um, so how have you kept your team and company morale going? We are um, extremely fortunate in the organisation that we are building what I feel is a really great culture. Culture is really important in times of any in any time but particularly in times of crisis, because there's a couple of things that you, you really need to do as a leader. You need to, like, you can never over-communicate. You can never, ever over-communicate. You need to pr provide opportunities for people to ask questions, provide opportunities to kind of raise concerns or anything that they're worried about. Um, <clears throat> I'd say that you also need to create a sense of direction. Um, so throughout this, we've got a heavy headwind, which is COVID-19, and there's lots of negative news that's happening around us. As an organisation, if you're, you're leading an organisation, you need to work with your senior team to create that sense of optimism, purpose and direction. So you've got a plan, you work up that plan and you get people excited about that plan or give them the opportunities to road test that plan so that you can't make them get excited. People and also be, be, be brave, be brave in terms of communication. Don't tell people what they want to hear. Tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. Um, my experience is I've never ever gone wrong in telling the truth um, because people people respect it. They might not always like it, but they respect it, and they know if you if you're trying to be as transparent as possible um, that you're you're trying to create a culture. For me, that my senior team um, will laugh at this when they hear it, but for me, 
for me, the culture that I really feel is important to develop is a culture where people feel like I belong and I matter. And if you hold that as your front of, you know, if you hold that as your North Star and you make your decisions, even if you've got to make difficult decisions, whether or not, you know, hypothetically, it's about having to make redundancies, we're not in that situation. But, you know, if, if you did, you know, if you can make those decisions with that kind of I belong and I matter um, kind of ethos, the way that you do that will be in a way that is as kind as possible, as um, supportive as possible, that you're helping people find those next steps, even if you are in a situation where you're having to let people go. Um, and I think that those things are really, really, really key um, because people will always remember how you treated them. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, the truth hurts sometimes too. Um, and, you know, what I, I have three daughters um, and what I, what I t- tell them is, you know, be their authentic selves, you know, and it's not always easy because we've all, I mean, certainly speaking from my experience, you know, put on facades, you know, try to be someone I haven't been, even in the professional working world, you know, and then, then you realize that actually, if you just, if you just be yourself um, and, and, you know, you mentioned bravery, if you can just have that, you know, develop that courage, be brave, be brave to be yourself because um, we're all, you know, very unique individuals, you know, the, the probability that we were even born was, what is the probability we talk about? It's like something trillion to one or something. I don't know. The fact, the fact that we're even alive. Um, so, you know, that, 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 um, those raw qualities that each and every one of us have. Um, but um, I guess my point, so, um, yeah, just being, being yourself uh, and, um, you know, being truthful, um, you know, you're going to build trust and, and get things done quicker at a better quality uh, because, you know, once you get that, that trust you know everyone you just get more done don't you it's a really really good point you make about authenticity there james because um, and, and i think that sometimes it takes a bit of time to be able to you know kind of feel comfortable in your own skin to be able to do that because there's so many other kind of factors that are around you uh, and so many influences that are around you i mean obviously the, the role of the influencer is still very very strong in young people's lives and the ability to be authentic and walk your own road, um, you know, I think I think the more we can support young people to say that, you know, it's a, it's about your journey and what success means is up to you. You know, don't let anybody else define what success means for you. It might be that I don't know you've got a job that you means you could spend more time with your family, so therefore it's a kind of local job or whatever success. You know, let let you be the definition. And, and the one thing I would say is don't let anybody else define you. So, you know, to your point about authenticity, that's spot on. That's a, that's a really good message. And I, I guess as well, with, when, you're, when you're talking, when you, obviously you work with young people for, you know, for a lot of your career, you know, these individuals are still growing. They're still developing their personalities. Um, so, you know, and they're going to make mistakes. And actually failing is, is okay. Um, there was one family that I, I came into contact recently and they were, you know, they sell every mealtime, they celebrated the failures, you know, the, the father would ask the children, you know, you know how, how many times have they failed that day? And, and they use it as a, you know, as a subject to, to celebrate um, because as long as you don't keep doing the same thing again, you know, getting the same results, as, as Einstein says. Um, can you talk a bit about failure? Yeah. What's I your uh, interpretation of that? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, the whole thing around innovation is linked to things not working and you doing things differently the next time. We wouldn't have innovation if you didn't have um, uh, things that went wrong or things that didn't go to plan. 
So for me, failure is, is a really neutral word. It doesn't have the, um, <clears throat> the negative connotations that, that quite a lot of Western society apply to the word. I mean, if you go to some parts of, of the world, failure is celebrated because it's part and parcel of developing yourself. It's part and parcel of developing um, your business. Um, unfortunately, we live in a society where you would fail your exams, you fail your driving test. You know, and they're big things that actually kind of make you feel quite um, nervous or scared about failing things. One of the things that we really encourage in Young Enterprise is about kind of reflecting on your learning and using failure as an opportunity to do things differently next time. So can absolutely agree on the importance of failure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I learned when I took part in the enterprise. Um, and it was that it's about that failure. It's about not giving up. Uh, when you do fail and obviously at a young age in secondary school that's a really good lesson to learn because as you go through secondary school into college into a career you do you do fail you have like you said the driving lessons that maybe you don't pass first time and it's about that not giving up mentality um, okay so on a different subject I read in the paper the other day that no, sorry not the paper I read in a article the other day that um, that you said that being the CEO of Young Enterprise was the best job in the world why We've got an amazingly talented generation of young people that, you know, we get to provide opportunities to connect that talent with, um, with like I said, with opportunities. So um, I've got an amazing uh, team of people who are really committed to what we do. We're really clear about what we want to do. We've got really good partners and supporters that back us. Um, and I feel now more than ever going, coming out of COVID, that what we do has more relevance so, you know, young people have got a massive part to play in the economic recovery of the UK. Um, we need to not we need to make sure that we bring them into the room in the conversations when we're talking about skilling up, about mindset for recovery, all of those things. And I think that's for me, that's why I think it's the best job in the world, because, you know, you get to connect talent with opportunity. Could you tell the audience a little bit more about the five and ten pound challenge? That sounds really Yeah, sure. So um, the five and ten pound challenge, they're a five and ten a challenge. They are a bit like you say on the tin that you basically would give a young person a fiver if they're in primary school, a tenner if they're in secondary school. And they have a month in which to make as much difference uh, as they can, whether that be profit or whether that be impact in their community. Uh, within a month they set up and run they only have that fiver or the only tenor who uh, uses seed capital for their enterprise uh, and then they would at the end of the month return the fiver they get to keep the profits uh, and they get to obviously share their journey with us but we've had some phenomenal uh, kind of so um, it's a really great introduction to entrepreneurship I mean, it's less about the products. It's more about it's more about what people go on to do, really. Um, so we've got, you know, obviously great alumni who have got great stories to tell. Obviously, Harry's Harry's one of them. Um, Steph McGovern is a, is another alumni who talks really passionately about the role that Young Enterprise had in enabling her to be different or show difference, um, show something a little bit different. And she's very clear that you know Young Enterprise had a big impact on her then getting the role on the telly. Um, we've got other people, the likes of Sarah John, who's the um, chief cashier of the Bank of England. Um, and it's her signature, I think, on the 20, new £20 note. Um, and she was the finance director in her enterprise company. She said that was gave her her first experience of being a finance director at the age of 15, 16. So there's some really great, um, great examples there where people might not go on to set up their own business. 
but it's that it's that mindset it's that mindset that it creates so i think that is quite unique yeah and that mindset can rub off on uh, you know their peers that, that that may not even be part of young enterprise but that you know like you talked about the culture of young enterprise um and that mindset piece i think i think that's really really important um how you tackle challenges um we actually interviewed um Hassan Rashid uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he came to England as a refugee at age 11, not speaking any English. Um, and, you know, he, his, you know, he had, I mean, he, did, he was fortunate to have really good emotional support from his family. Um, and he's basically, not, nothing will get in his way. Um, and he's still going to this day and, and doing some amazing things. But again, it's this, you know, how do you develop this, this win, winning mindset, um, you know, celebrating your failures, being happy in your own skin, um, you know, reach out to, to, to people, you know, be kind, all, all the things that you mentioned, listen. Uh, they, these are really good, um, you know, these, these are really great things to share. And um, yeah, it's really interesting talking about it. I, I do think that, um, that resilience plays a key part in some of this. I mean, I, say, I think sometimes those early formative life experiences as a young person where you're thinking, gosh, you know, there's lots going wrong here. Um, I think that ability to build resilience, the ability to learn from when things go wrong, the ability to kind of bounce forward after something's not gone to plan um, is really key to some of those things that you've just talked about. Um, but again, it goes back to those personal networks. If you've got nobody around you that then says, do you know what? I know that didn't work, but what would you do ne differently next time? And that's the great thing about your enterprise. We've got phenomenal volunteers likes of who would sit and support um, Harry just to tease out what they would do differently next time and I think we've all got roles you know if if if, if we're going to come out of this as a, as a community in the UK differently we've got to learn that what we were doing before Covid wasn't actually very healthy for anybody so that whole thing about kindness about the ability to support people help people build their networks introduce people if they're not perhaps don't know somebody that might help them it all kind of creates a culture where you feel okay to ask for help if you if you if you need it but you also get a great buzz from helping if you can so i think you know we've got an opportunity to reset our culture as an as a country uh, right now and and i just think we're at a critical moment where we could do things differently but it is a critical moment because things will start to very soon go back to normal and i think we we've got a real chance to like not let that happen but to but to really do things differently Hmm. So do you think they, do you think things will, will will go back to normal? I think the um, there's a potential worry that people might just want to go back to normal. But I also think for me, um, the things that I've learned about um, relationships, about the importance of other things coming to um, the fore about what success. I think things like lockdown has given people an opportunity to really reflect on what success or what happiness, what um, what's important to them. Um, that enforced period has given people a real, really big chance to think about things differently about their own lives. My hope is that people don't get quickly into the in, back into the swing of things and they forget those things that were really important to them. So my hope is that it doesn't go back to normal My, certainly the young enterprise won't be doing that We're, as an organization we feel very strongly there are things that we can do differently to support young people because they are at disproportionate risk of coming out of this situation worse than anybody particularly those that um have you know those young people who are in perhaps disadvantaged situations 
because they um, they'll have had six months less of schooling. They won't have had that structured learning, um, and they need they need that support. So you know we we do need to think about things differently in order to help them. I mean, these students are so used to kind of seeing their friends each day, being in the environment where they can socialise and actually learn these these valuable skills that they're going to need in their later life. So this actually leads me on to my next question, which is around mental health, but specifically mental health in younger generations, which is becoming more and more common. Please, could you share maybe some of your experiences and how you actually, with Young Enterprise, support these young students with these challenges? Yeah, I mean, I think I think obviously, but even before COVID-19, kind of screen time was a worry, was a growing worry for everybody, wasn't it? You know, the amount of screen time everybody was kind of exposed to, whether or not it's kind of on social media or or um, uh, kind of uh, binge watching Netflix or whatever it is. But um, I think. I think it's I think it's about how you how you create those support networks and how do you model that it's all right to ask for help. Again, it goes back to culture, uh, making those, I mean, you know, and making people available that people would feel okay to reach out to. So a young person aged, you know, 15, 16, may not feel that I'm the right person, but there will be perhaps other young people. So how do you, how do you mobilize that peer-to-peer or near-to-peer network so that, you know, people do feel, you know, I think, I think the role of influencers is, is huge here in terms of providing support for young people to feel okay to say, actually, I need a bit of help here. Um, yeah, I mean, my own experience of mental health is, 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 is really that sometimes you need to know when you need to take a break. And I think sometimes, particularly when you're leading a charity or you've, you've kind of got, you know, in a situation, you know, you go for long periods trying to find a way out of things that you kind of get a bit tunnel vision. So knowing when you just actually are becoming inefficient because you're using you have what you got, you're kind of empty in the tank, and that's a bad time to make decisions. There's a really great uh, there's a really great um, saying uh, which is like never make a decision when you're in the emotional basement, <clears throat> and that's I find that so true. I find that really really true that you know never make a strategic or, or decision if you're feeling really really low because you're going to make a decision based on um, based on your own feelings rather than the, than the facts that are out there. So I've learned that. I've learned that. It's a, it's, a, it's a big one that's really helped me. Okay, well, I've actually got another question that I've been meaning to ask. I mean, I was thinking about the, before, the, before this episode, I thought, because you put these amazing events on, these amazing company of the year, where you go to London, and then I think the finalists then go to France, I think. I can't remember. It last year, it was, uh, it was held, it's held, it's going to be held by um, Junior Achievement Portugal this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Well, those opportunities. So I wanted to think if you had an unlimited budget for Young Enterprise or is there a dream project that you do and what would it be um, and who maybe would be involved? You could tell us maybe what that vision would be for you. Um, I'm going to be boring and just say for me, it's about it's for me, it would be that every young person gets those that opportunity to develop those critical skills in which to learn to earn and look after their money and develop an enterprising mindset. Because for me, it isn't about an amazing, sexy event. For me, it's about consistency of opportunity, wherever you live, whether you live in Truro or uh, Bridlington or, you know, um, wherever it is, it's because otherwise, without those opportunities, you will never know whether or not you could have connected the next Richard Branson or whoever um, to a, uh, it's probably a bad example, but um you know that 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 opportunity could create a massive difference to that young person's life. 
So, so there's been a strong side on the accessibility, accessible for everyone yeah, that wants it. That's absolutely, um, absolutely okay. right, James. Yeah. And actually, and on, on the accessibility subject, so you know, um, how would a business owner or entrepreneur um, access um, some of the talent that that might be coming up through the ranks uh, that might have been through the program? You know, um, just speaking from my experience working at Flexi, you know, we're a fintech e-commerce business. Um, we've been bootstrapping for 18 months now. Yeah. Um, we're in the middle of an investment capital raise. But obviously, if we could get some great talented people with the right mindset, then we could do amazing things. Um, so is there a program set up with Young Enterprise that um, folks like myself could, um, could, you know, could engage um, in some of your alumni? Yeah, I mean, what, what, one of the things that we're really keen to do is, is to engage people very early on in terms of when they're in the programme. So, um, so give you an example of Harry. So what we would be looking for, potential funders, potential volunteers that would be helping them at that stage. So in addition to you volunteering or, or, or perhaps supporting programmes, you get to see a, a shop window of talent. So you work with that shop window, not in an hour interview, but actually you'll see them over a course of a year. Or you know the period of time that the that the young person's working on the program. So for us, it's about that in, that early investment and about that partnership. Yes, there are opportunities which we would obviously make available if, if for instance, there was um, an apprenticeship or something that was available that we would then share with our alumni. But for me, if you can get involved earlier, that helps the charity to bring those opportunities to more young people, but also gets you closer to working with those young people directly early on. Mm, okay okay so volunteering and corporate sponsorship um and the volunteering could be mentorship or you're just yeah. helping these young people get to the next level or you know, be, be involved with some of the programs definitely and, it, and given where we are right now that volunteering could be virtual it could be you know mentoring um you know via zoom it could be um, providing talking heads in terms of like a five minute um input on the role of a finance director or the things that you've learned James with your businesses what are the three top tips that you would give a young entrepreneur it's those that's that kind of content it doesn't have to be physically you giving you traveling to a school oh it would be great I mean that that might still be the case but what we're assuming actually is there might be more virtual volunteering opportunities going forward because of the situation we're in so Sharon I wanted to touch on the alumni network and actually how important is it that you get these alumni, these advocates of Young Enterprise involved and to talk to these students that are currently going through the process about their experiences when they did it when they were younger. So you've got these, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 year olds that are now in their careers and that took part in the scheme when they were younger and to actually share with these students how it really benefited them, the lessons that they learned from taking part in the scheme. So really, how important is this? It's more and more important, to be honest with you, Harry, more and more important. And, and really, just in terms of the diversity of the communities that we serve, what we really want to do is to engage more alumni so that they, like you say, you know, they're not particularly interested in what I've got to say. I didn't do Young Enterprise when I was in school, but actually just talking to someone that they're then able to say, well, this is what I did. This is how, it, how it's helped me. Not necessarily everybody will create a business, but everybody will be able to say how their story has been impacted by their experience. And uh, the, we find the alumni um, really, really important, both, both the younger alumni, like people like yourselves and younger, um, in terms of providing local support, but also as people progress through their careers, they're also been able to showcase the long-term difference of young enterprise. So 
yeah, that really critical that that uh, and we've actually invested in um, in a post now, which is um, an alumni officer. So we've actually invested in a resource which will really focus on um, recruiting and supporting um, our alumni and, and and looking at ways that we can give back to them. No, I was just thinking there's, a, there's actually a book called Rocket Fuel um, that uh, it talks about in integrators and visionaries and matching them together. Um, and you mentioned about you know connecting these young people with with you know with a network that can help you know help them grow like an ecosystem of, of support um but it's um i'm sure there's a bit of that going on do, do you ever connect you know like the visionary the ideas man with the you know with the um with more of the operational execution style you know it's more structured individual because that seems to you know a lot of really successful businesses have those two components and quite often as entrepreneurs we've got to do everything ourselves um but then it gets to a point where if you want to scale, you really need to find people that get lit up by a spreadsheet. I mean, you know, I personally don't get lit up by spreadsheets, um, but, but I know people that do. Um, and I know people that love solving technical problems. You know, um, it takes a lot of energy for me to do it. But yeah, so it's just, so I, do you connect your alumni like that as well? Um, not really. We've, we're at the start of the alumni journey. So we've kind of got early alumni where we're looking to provide. Um, so we do quite a lot around webinars, around kind of, you know, um, starting your business, uh, looking at resilience, looking at kind of, a, you know, mindsets, all of those things. Um, and we're trying to connect people to each other, alumni network to each other. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly something that we should perhaps think about going forward. Okay, I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna get you that book. Okay, so you'll have to give me your address. I'll uh, I'll do that when yeah, we that, jump off the call. Great. Thank you. I think that'd be really good. Rocket fuel, you say? Rocket fuel. Yeah, you'll get it. You'll get it in the next few days. I wanted to actually talk to you about kind of what the future holds for your enterprise. Um, what is your vision for your enterprise, and where do you want to take it? I mean, I think that, as I said before, um, your enterprise has got a really critical role to play in bringing young people to the table around the economic recovery of, 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 the, of the UK post-COVID. Lots and lots of data out there to say that we're going to go through a significant recession. Uh, very often young people are at the brunt of that, whether or not they can't get that first step into work or whether or not um, you know, they, they can get that first experience of the world of work to then present to, an inter, to a, a potential employer. So for me, the vision is, again, that we provide those opportunities, that we um, engage young people in developing that enterprising mindset. And I also think that young enterprise has got a great role to play in supporting and working with employers who then provide volunteers, because I think that enterprising mindset is just as valuable in being developed in the current workforce so you could have somebody working with you that feels it's all about um, the skill. Where absolutely, right now, in terms of the situation that we're going to go into post-COVID recovery, it's all about the mindset. It's all about here. You win and lose here. Uh, so whether or not it's kind of how you look at an opportunity, it's about the resilience to kind of keep trying if things don't work, but keep trying things differently, not the same thing. Uh, and I think there's lots that we can do to support and help employers through the power of volunteering with your enterprise develop that enterprising mindset. Mm. Actually, on, I've got a little comment on that. So um, I picked up something this week, which I will share. So um, this one individual, I, I don't know who's quoted this. So for anyone out there in the world that actually came up with this, then I, I liked it. So it was saying that we basically, we're, we're in control of three things. Um, we're in control of our thoughts. Um, we're in control of what we picture in our minds and we're in control of the action that we take. Um, so if you think, if you apply that to 
to life, um, it's really true. Um, and it comes down to this mindset. So if you, if, you, if you know or if you believe you have control of what you think, um, you believe in what you want for yourself, and then you, you just take action um, to work towards those, those goals or those, um, that, that, those desired outcomes. I prefer to talk about goals as you know, desired outcomes. It's a process, isn't it? Because um, you don't want to set yourself up for failure. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this enterprising mindset is really, really key. And I think um, the COVID situation, major challenge, but there's also the mental health challenges that we touched upon. I think young people are more susceptible to that because they're still growing and you know, they're, they're not able to connect with these, these individuals that might be able to make a difference to them. Um, and we live in a cyber world um, and we're not having that human contact. So it's been a great time for reflection, but it's just, you know, how do you, you get the message out um, that, um, yeah, that I guess you have a choice um, how, to, how to live your life. But it's also going back to what you said earlier and your point about working with these employers. And actually, because you work so closely with these students, Gen Z, iGen, you actually learn how they work, which then allows you to then help these employers to adapt and accommodate with this young kind of talent that's coming into their business. I mean, looking at kind of security, stability, opportunity, kind of attention span, each generation just works differently. No, you're absolutely right, because there's, there's, there's like probably four generations in the workforce right now, and all have got to find a way of working with each other's kind of, uh, uh, I guess, kind of habits and the kind of ways they like to kind of work. And we've got to find that, that intergenerational click has got to work. So things like volunteering, things like kind of learning about how Gen Z work. And, you know, just in terms of Gen Z, you know, I think we you know, very often give them hard time. I mean, I've got two at home here that um, are incredibly resilient. You know, um, James is, um, you know, was in year 11. One minute he was kind of revising for his um, GCSEs. Next minute he was told not to come back to school again. You know, incredibly resilient, you know. And um, yeah, yeah, for me, for me, there is, there's a lot of work to do people to understand you know how best we can bring out that talent okay so one question we do like to ask is if we could arrange a coffee for you with anybody who would you choose and why for me it's got to be barack obama it's got to be every day every day of the week um uh he has um this he there's one there's one um kind of phrase that he talks about and he talks about using the energy of opposing forces um and doing something with it uh, and for me, that's just something that I try and live with, using the energy of opposing forces to do something um, creative with it. And uh, uh, he talks about kind of the importance of, of supporting young people, about helping them create a resourcefulness and a resilience that might not fully insulate them from adversity um, or hardship, but it gives them a sense of their own possibility. Uh, and for me, you know, that's something I live by. I find him incredibly inspiring. He, um, again, is his own, his own authentic self. Um, and he, you know, he hasn't, he's managed to maintain that um, throughout, you know, incredible challenges. So, so it would be him. Actually, I've, I've got one, one last question, actually. So if you could um, leave one piece of advice for our audience, um, what would that be? It would be do not. Or I guess it would be underestimate the role of mindset in your path at your peril. Yes, focus on skills, but do not underestimate the power of mindset in terms of setting your direction and being able to achieve your goals. Wow. Excellent. Perfect. Excellent piece of advice. Yep. Great. And I guess one final thing, where do, where do people find you on social media? Where can they follow the Young Enterprise journey? Is there anything you could quickly share? Yeah, sure. 
sure. I mean, I, I, I've got my own Twitter, Twitter account, which you can um, obviously follow. So that's S Davis. So S Davis, nineteen seventy one. We've got um, Young Enterprise, which is www.y-enterprise.org. Um, obviously, we've got um, Young Enterprise on Twitter uh, and LinkedIn. Um, and we, it would be great. I mean, it's about a movement. Um, Young Enterprise would only happen if people get involved. So you know, to be a great relationships um it's about teachers it's about volunteers supporters um alumni um just getting together to support just a great generation of young people great well i think uh, yeah we're gonna have to wrap up now but thank you so much for coming to rocket today yeah thanks sir really nice to meet you it's a pleasure it's a pleasure it's to talk to you Thank you all for listening to today's episode of RocketPod. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as we did. So join us next week as we sit down with Jack Edwards, social media influencer and author that has grown his YouTube following to over 275,000 subscribers by the age of only 22. Thank you as always to our awesome sponsor Flexi, who is the mecca for all your subscriptions. Download it from the App Store today or check out their website at FlexiApp.com. .uk. That's F-L-E-X-Y app.uk. Of course, check us out on social media and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Thank you as always and we'll see you next week.